Chris McIntosh, Luke Fickle, yesterday's introductory press conference. A lot of people saying, uh, not a lot, but some people saying, it's funny how people think Wisconsin will suddenly be getting all four and five star recruits and won't be taking three star or two star players anymore. These folks are in for a disappointment. Good morning, RJ. No, it, it morning. I mean, that, that, <laughs> nobody's thinking Wisconsin's going to all of a sudden just have a, a plethora of five, four and five star. It's going to be like, a minute, you'll, you'll see an uptick in it. Yeah, it, like it's not, we were talking right. about it off air in our in our in our little chat group. Yeah. And say you recruit twenty kids every single year, you're still probably going to have at least a dozen of them are going to be three star kids. It's not like all of a sudden he's going to come in and recruit fifteen four and five star players. That's unrealistic for pretty much anyone, unless you're in the top ten in recruiting. And we were talking about how Wisconsin normally falls somewhere between 30 and 60th in the country recruiting wise at Cincinnati fickle was recruiting on average, a 40 to 50th rank class. So right in what the area of Wisconsin was recruiting, but he's not at Wisconsin. He's at a non power five Cincinnati and he just had the 27th class this year for Cincinnati. So he's showing that he's getting better and better. I came to the, I believe the ceiling for Luke fickle. And I think Ben agrees with me from the tweets that he tweeted literally like mm-hmm. right while well, we were we having were the conversation. Well, he loves taking our stuff and uh, basically I think the ceiling for well, Luke fickle highly intelligent when, in our chat. <laughs> yeah. I think the ceiling for Luke fickle when it comes to recruiting is to be like a top 25 recruiting class. We're not talking about top 10. I don't think there's any way unless Wisconsin comes up with millions and millions and millions of M- NIL money mm. in which they're going to spend it. I don't think they ever get into the top 10, but being in the top 25, at least puts you on par with where this program was, you know, in the 2015 to 16 with Paul or 2015 to 19 with Paul Christ and at least the opportunities to compete with Michigan and Ohio yeah. state instead of getting boat raced by 40. Like, I mean, all of a sudden you're not going to get like, as RJ said, a plethora of four and a five plethora? star, but hey, recruiting hey, will improve. You know what a plethora is? Recruiting will improve. Obviously. Right? I mean, I mean, it's got to when you have a recruiting department. Yeah, recruiting will improve, and then in, in-state recruits will still be the lifeblood of Wisconsin football. Yeah, and I mean, Duh. He, he's a coach who's going to understand that. Like, he what he said, a three mi- a 300-mile radius, and I love all the people who are like, that's not far enough. Well, mm-hmm. you know what that does? That closes your state. That uh, gets you into Minnesota. Gets you into Iowa, gets you into Illinois, gets you into Michigan, gets you into... Well, the other thing is, he's not going to lose his connections in Ohio, in Pennsylvania, or in Florida. Yeah. Like, uh, it looks... it looking, core. Yeah. He's talking about your core is yeah. 300 miles from here. On Twitch, I mean, the grass, our guy Grass says, the Badgers will have a bigger net to cast now for recruiting. Exactly. Yeah. And we talked about kind of building on... Pre-Barry Alvarez, the team was what it was. Then Barry Alvarez came in. He completely locked down the state, almost made it like a tri-state recruiting, and then had the pipeline to New Jersey. Mm -hmm. Fast forward to Brett Bielema. He expanded that somewhat into the Floridas, kind of starting to dip into some of the other better Midwest states. And 
it, it got a little bit bigger. It built on top of what Barry Alvarez had did recruiting wise when you look at the entire country. Mm-hmm. And then Gary Anderson was what Gary Anderson was. Those are the lost years in my lifetime. And <laughs> he then he just threw a dart at, a, <laughs> at the map and was like, that's where we're going this time. And then it was Paul Christ who arguably was recruiting on the same when they had a recruiting staff and seemed like they were all about recruiting was arguably recruiting in the same footprint that Brett Bielema was. Mm -hmm. And now if you can bring in a Luke fickle, who's from a little bit different, because remember Barry Alvarez was a Nebraska, Iowa guy and Pennsylvania. He's a God in that state. God. He comes, he comes in, but then you have Brett Bielema, Iowa guy, Mm -hmm. Paul Christ, Wisconsin guy. Luke Fickle is on the other side here. He's he's Ohio. Mm-hmm. So if you continue to, to, to knock out your tri-state of Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Illinois, and then you look at the fact that you can grab Ohio and Pennsylvania where he's really good and continue to have that SEC footprint down in the Floridas, down you know a couple kids here and there from Georgia or Mississippi or Tennessee, that's only going to improve your recruiting. <laughs> And the the best part is, if if somehow they can convince Jim Leonard to stay and be the DC, which it seems like they're in talks. It, it I don't think it's a done deal that he's a hundred percent gone, yeah. or else you wouldn't be having these conversations. Yeah. If they keep Jim Leonard, there's no way any recruits, in my opinion, are going to really be lost from the state of Wisconsin. Well, I'm yeah. glad you bring that up because um, in the press conference they were talking about you know about. A lot of questions were asked to McIntosh and Fickle about Jim Leonard. Yeah. And Fickle, I mean, here, I'll, play, I'll play a couple right now. Uh, Luke Fickle uh, said he had a very long conversation with uh, himself and Jim Leonard, a very long, open conversation about his future and uh, whether he could stick around or not. Take a listen. Here's a little snippet. We, we had a great conversation. I'm um, very open to, you know, obviously picking his brain for a lot of things. You know, he, he loves this place. He's a diehard. Um, so there's a lot of options that are open. I think we're very similar in a lot of ways. Jim will know what's best for him. Jim will know what's best for the program. Jim will know what's best for this team. And, and I respect that. He also said, um, here's what he told, you know, Leonard during the meeting. I, I think a lot of soul searching. Um, when I left Jim the other night, I just said, Hey, I think you got a lot of things to think about. You gotta, you gotta really kind of in your mind, f- figure out where you want to be in five years and where you want to be in 10 years. If you can figure out and say where you want to be in five years and where you want to be in 10 years, it's going to help you a lot better to, to figure out where you want to be next year. And your five year plan can't be don't die. Like you have some little more than that. Don't, don't well, I, I think from again, we were talking about how Luke fickle was Jim Leonard 10 to 15 years ago. If there's anybody to have a conversation about the situation that you were just put in, if you're Jim Leonard, weirdly enough, it's Luke fickle. Yeah. The guy that was just hired in instead of you. Yeah. Um, Fickle also says he's excited to see what Leonard wants to do. I think that's where it really comes down to what's in your heart, what's in your mind. And, you know, he'll know what's best for him. He'll know what's best for for this program and his team. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm excited to just find out what he thinks. And one more about, you know, Fickle talking about Leonard. It's a difficult situation and probably going to be a tough one to get over. But I know that it's not an easy situation. It takes us, you know, a special person in some ways to get over a lot of those things. I had a hard time with it, you know, but I do believe it was the right thing for me and the way that I did it and went about it. And it helped me be who I am. But my way is not always the right way. It's not the way for everybody else. And Rowdy, you've said this many times. So a lot of people, I mean, Fickle is like a Jim Leonard 10 years in the future. It, I mean, it, he got passed over for Urban Meyer. You would have said at that point, home run hire for Ohio State getting Urban Meyer, 
But I would bet if Urban Meyer didn't come available or there wasn't some bigger name coach, if Ohio State would have went with Luke Fickle being an Ohio State guy, knowing that he can recruit and where he was, being that he was not a terrible candidate, mm-hmm. people at Ohio State probably would have been all right with the hire. Yeah. Like they would have wished that some bigger name would have come up and would have been available like an Urban Meyer. But if it didn't, I bet Ohio State would have been okay to hire Luke Fickle. It's probably the same exact thing here. If if a Luke Fickle name didn't become available, Jim Leonard probably was the guy because you see that the Matt Rules and some of the other big names that were out there, they were already... They were already making decisions on where they were coaching, and it's not like there was a ton of other names out there, especially like Luke Fickle wasn't even yeah, linked to I the job the until the very down. end. I love to know how it all happened. All the other guys that were quote-unquote linked to the job were A, either already becoming head coaches elsewhere, or B, probably lesser candidates already than Jim Leonard. Yeah. It would have been an okay, solid hire if Luke Fickle yeah, isn't the guy. Totally. Yeah. And now you have an opportunity to take a, a, a bigger step. And now just real quick on, on Jim Leonard, and we talk about how he's a guy who he's extremely young, just turned 40 years old, has not had any head coaching experience until the interim tag this season. But, you know, the guy that was just fired and he replaced Paul Christ, Paul Christ was a guy that a lot of people loved him at offensive coordinator, thought he was, you know, very innovative at the time thought he was an up and coming OC that was going to be a head coach. You know, when he got the job finally at Pitt, Paul Chris was like 47 years old. Yeah, That's still seven years older than Jim Leonard, who has been rising up through the ranks. So it's not like all these guys that are seen as these great coordinators go out and get jobs right away when they're 40 years old. It, it takes some time. Totally. And, for Paul Chris to get the job at Pittsburgh at, at 47 years old, and then the next thing you know, he's back at Wisconsin not that much long later. It was only three, four years later. Yeah. Like, he got the job at Wisconsin, we'll say, by roughly early 50s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now he's in his late <clears throat> 50s. Like, if Jim Leonard got the job by 50, that's still a decade away. Yeah, yeah I know. You, a lot of coaching left. That, that's a long time. <laughs> a lot of coaching left. Like, Say Luke Fickle is, uh, you know, stays by his contract, stays here for seven years, and then moves on to a different, bigger, and better school. I would say in that seven years' time, Jim Leonard would probably have enough enough coaching experience. He would have had the interim, whether he goes yeah. somewhere else as a head coach or Ready not. To get it going. That he Packers looks DC. like a yeah, he looks like a yeah. great hire for Wisconsin. Yeah, totally. He he went from being a solid hire if he was hired to. Five, seven, ten years from now would be a great hire. Yeah, totally. And I quote, I got something to say about Graham Mertz. Whoa. That's what Rowdy said. Oh. Rowdy? Well, <laughs> clearly Paul Christ was fired. That was the guy that was one of the main factors in getting Graham Mertz here. Jim Leonard, the guy that takes over, Wisconsin guy, been a guy that's been here the entire tenure for Graham Mertz at Wisconsin. He was passed over. You got to imagine that Luke Fickle, for the most part, is going to bring in most of his own staff, right? Yes. So pretty much the entire staff that was here that recruited Graham Mertz, that's been around Graham Mertz, is now gone. Graham Mertz, job killer? Graham Mertz is (laughs) in his fourth season with the Wisconsin Badgers, third year starting. You probably would think he's looking over his shoulder 
and he's feeling not only is he feeling the heat from fans and students while he's out and about just Pepsi wants of, their NIL money yeah, back. just because of his lack of <laughs> lack of solid play mm-hmm. and now you're bringing in a head coach he's probably wouldn't you think he's probably going to transfer out I would imagine so and if I'm but yeah, I said yesterday to help him pack if yeah. if I was Luke Fickle I would basically come in and say hey you know what I'm going to bring in some quarterbacks. If you look at Cincinnati, you're talking about a four-star quarterback who he's not, he has not decommitted, but he's liking a lot of Luke Fickle to Wisconsin. He liked a tweet saying that was referring to him talking about how he could be a potential Wisconsin quarterback in the future. He liked that tweet. There's a lot of evidence out there that maybe this kid ends up transferring or sorry, decommitting and going to Wisconsin. Then you can look at the Cincinnati roster and there's multiple quarterbacks on that roster Mm -hmm. that were like grad senior grad transfers that still have eligibility and would have like a fifth and sixth year that are eligible to also follow Luke Fickle. I would basically come in and if I was Luke Fickle and say, Hey Graham, you know, if if you want to leave, you can leave, but I'm bringing in some new quarterbacks for some competition. That's the one thing that has been egregious since 2020 is they kicked out Jack Cohn after he got injured Yep, and they never really brought in really any top, top, scholarship type talent to the quarterback room. You basically gave the kid that was the high prospect that everyone loved the keys to the car and he never earned anything. He never filled up the tank of gas, never changed the oil. And then he never really outside of one and a half games, he never really like lived (laughs) up to anything, but yet you never had any competition to make him better. He was always the guy. So when I did see some people online or, you know, talking to some people say, well, you know, he's probably feeling the heat now with a new coach and, you know, probably some of the people out and about in Madison, probably giving him hell just because he hasn't played well. You kind of got to think that he, he's, kind of thinking about it. it's in his head he made over a hundred grand in nil the yeah. last year i'm sure he yeah. probably yeah. made more this year this is what these players were asking for with yeah. NIL. Careful what you, wish you for. can now be criticized because you make more money than a lot of the people criticizing you yeah, yeah. and whether you want they're not be, kids yeah i always hated you that well, be kids, considered a kid or not, not you're an adult at 18 and you're making six figures plus People have the right to scrutinize you when you don't play. Totally. Uh, This is what NIL opened up. When NIL became a thing, Rowdy, you're 110% correct. When NIL became a king. How he feels. Like, even before (laughs) NIL's like, well, you can't say that. They're kids. Well, you can go. You can go in the army. You can die for your country. You go buy cigarettes. You can get porn. I mean, you can vote. You're an adult. Okay, once you're 18, you're an adult. I can criticize. Sports, this and is, now you're getting money. We all know that professional sports is cutthroat. Well, opening it up with NIL has now made college cutthroat. If you're not the best player at your position, if you're not the best coach, you could be fired and or yeah. someone else could transfer in and take your spot any given year. The moment that NIL became a thing and they can, and Grammar's making over, what, six figures? And You I better think, believe you can criticize. Yeah. Just like I said, though. This is a guy that hasn't, this guy hasn't hardly been chirped at all. They never brought in any competition. No. He's never had to actually win the job. No. He was just, he was patted on the butt and told he was special and different and better than everyone else. No offense to Chase Wolf. $100,000. But do you really think Chase Wolf was pushing Graham Mertz at all? I think a good intramural quarterback at Madison pushes Chase Wolf. (laughs) 
<laughs> Spot on, Rowdy. Seriously, I don't feel bad for him. This is, I don't this feel is bad the for game all. now. If you want to stay here, win the job, which you haven't done in three three years. Well, technically, going back to his freshman year, didn't win the job against Jack Cohn. Yeah. Four years. You never actually had to win the job. They, you lost to, to Jack Cohn when you were a freshman. It was handed to you due to an injury with Jack Cohn in 2020. And since then, no one has pushed you. Stay here all right, and um, win the job. Or move on. So I just I just typed in Graham. I googled Graham Mertz NIL money, and this comes. Mertz has an NIL valuation of one hundred and forty four thousand dollars. How? Which, so the guy's made two hundred and fifty grand the last two years, which which ranks him number three hundred and thirteen among college football players. So has making a lot. There's three hundred and twelve more players now, making a lot more money than him. Yeah, I'm just waiting for the first company to be like, you know what? Uh, we're done. I saw I saw friggin' the Packers game. There's Braylon Allen and Grammers, you know, fronting Pepsi. Right, but I'm saying like, never wanted a Pepsi there, less. There are now going to be consequences for like a guy who was projected to be your starter and gets beat out. Am I going to want to pay that guy to be the number two? No. I think that I'm just means if you're money, a company, like, you have to be more careful about who you get. In, it's in gonna be one hundred and forty-four thousand dollars this year, with, yeah. and maybe you're well, more that's his valuation. You're yeah, more so hesitant. True, you're more true. hesitant to jump into the market, or maybe you wait a year to see what a guy can do. Like, do you really want to go all in on a prospect that maybe it's uh, like Graham Mertz? He was a big time guy, supposed to be here, and hasn't really showed you a ton. Yeah. Or what was it um, out in Nebraska? The coldest. And the coldest to, to ever do, do it. it. But then he gets hurt right away. Yeah, and he's he, never played. And he was still doing those commercials. And he was still doing the... Maybe you are more like, hey, we'll see, because kids have to stay in college yep. for three seasons before they can leave. Maybe it's like, hey, we sit and wait if we're not name. exactly sure. Yeah. Like, how many people would want to tie themselves in the Southern California market to Caleb Williams right now? A kid that's a nearly won the Heisman last year is probably going to win it this year. And Oh, by the way, he's got to come back one more year to, to school because he hasn't been there for three years yet. Right. That's someone that if I'm in the, you know, South central swag LA, I'm going and getting him ASAP. Like that's the guy. Yeah. But how many guys does USC recruit that are four and five stars that you might throw a lot of money on because they look pretty good coming to high school and they never make it? Yeah. yeah. Yep. I, wait until they're proven. Like, I agree with the Braylon Allen. Like, he had that one huge year as a freshman. Yeah, right? when he was 17. It's like, okay, that makes sense. He's only 18 years old. He's coming back as a sophomore. This team should be decent. All right, that one. But yep. the Grand Birds had one and a half games. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right. Grant Bills and Let's Go Sports Show coming up. Does First, anyone else on this team, seriously, do you think deserves like big time, big time NIL money? Has anyone been that standout? I, I think you could argue the biggest quote unquote standout was Braylon Allen coming into this year. Has anyone else been a standout? Not particularly. I mean, Nick Herbig could maybe like a Kleenex. Kleenex could sponsor him for crying. I call him him my little pecan pie, my pumpkin. Grant Bills of the Wisco Sports Show. Grant Bills, good morning. Evo, my apple crisp, oh. my, my my plate of white turkey meat. How are I'm you a dark doing meat. today? I'm a, dar- I'm a dark meat guy. Or you're a dark meat guy. Oh, if, you're, well, I mean, if it's your plate, then you're white meat. Then go white meat. But yes. Uh, my little yeah. pecan tart. Tort. Tort. Excuse me. 
Oh, my God. I love pecan pie. I had a slice or two of that last week. Evo, how was your Thanksgiving? It was phenomenal. I actually had two of them I got under my belt uh, Thursday, then Saturday. Uh, how was Did you go back home to the hell are you from again? Where are you from again? Menominee. Menominee. Right. Yeah. Did you go back? Was it nice? uh, yeah. Yeah, it was great. I got to see my parents for a couple of days, and my brother came back from Madison to release his presents. Uh, and then he went back to the Badger Gopher game, which, poor guy. Although nice. I don't think they... I think there are some of those kids that don't normally stay till the end, uh, which is, we love him anyways. Uh, he's not listening to me. He doesn't care about uh, sports. He, you know, just hanging out with his friends. And he went back to the game and got to hang out with my sister and my grandma, you know, see all the all the, the members of the family. It was great. Um, that's good. I'm glad you had a good time, Grant. That's uh, That makes my heart smile. So, Grant, what doesn't make my heart smile was what, you know, you alluded to kind of there. Saturday after uh, Wisconsin had a chance to win the game on the five-yard line, ended up on, like, the 30-yard line. They were backwards mm-hmm. and then lost. Uh, what was the reaction um, to uh, Saturday and then into Sunday with Luke Fickle being hired uh, on the Wisco Sports Show so far in this young week? You know what, Evo? I'm glad you asked about Saturday because because Luke Fickle is now the coach, we, we've – glazed over what happened Saturday night. And I just like being this way. I'm sure he's a nice guy and everything, but we need to hold Mr. Mertz accountable for what happened on Saturday. That if Luke Fickle was not hired, we would be, I might've led my show with it yesterday, Evo. And when do you know me to lead my show with Wisconsin Badger Athletics? It just doesn't happen very often. Never. I, I, I am so out. He had an entire half of football. Like, Hey, three point lead drive together, go win Paul Bunyan's act. And your entire miserable existence is the Wisconsin quarterback, which has had ups and downs. We've had our laugh. He's got, he's got merch in the store, Graham merch. Look at that. Like, it's been fun. It stopped being fun on Saturday because it was so bad. Graham, out of half, your defense is giving you chance, 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 chance again. But one drive together, go get the act. You couldn't do it. Andy Bo, I'm pretty sure he might have Jake Cutler on his way out. I don't know that he really got hurt. I don't want to. Hell yeah. Thinking, Hell yeah. Game, hey, Jay Cutler's actually cool, looking, by the way. Grammar doesn't seem to be. So, Yeah. I, I was looking for tweets. It's like, do you leave in a walking boot? And certainly there must have been a prop. I mean, you have to stay base at the very least. I didn't see anything. So, I, man, I was just so turned off yes, by. Yes. Yes. And by Grammar. Um, but I love Luke Pickle. Grant, you're not the only the person. don't like it. I had another person texting me on Sunday saying, I don't know if Graham Mertz really got hurt. Didn't look like he tried too hard to get back into that game. I'm right there with you guys. That's what I'm saying. And I look, I don't want to keep, I'm sure he's a great kid. I, but Screw like, it. We've done well, this for three years. Grant, did you know that he made, he made six figures last year and into this year for NIL money? Over $100,000? For three years, we kind of, we kind of, you know, great recruit, but he kind of sucks. And, like, we'd laugh at the wins. And, like, it, we didn't never took it too seriously. I started taking it seriously on Saturday, and maybe I'm late to the party. If that's the case, I'm sorry. Uh, but yes, that was just that was just terrible. Now, Luke Fickle, I, I love the hire. And if, I guess, current players don't like it, then they're free to go play somewhere else. But yeah, go you cry elsewhere. get a coach like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you yeah. got to get him. You yeah. got to get him. It's home run. Hey, Grant, uh, before I ask you about Milwaukee Bucks, uh, what's the vibe of uh... – the Green Bay Packers right now. Are you uh, full on sit Rogers right now, even if he is healthy and let the Jordan Love experiment begin? Maybe not yet. If Rogers is able to play against the Bears, I'd like him to play against the Bears. Now, if he's fallen apart out there and can barely walk around, I mean, that's if he is healthy and can play the Bears game, I think that would be nice. I think him getting a rivalry game against the Bears 
I think that would be nice. I, I'm not like shut down Aaron Rodgers now and not let him play. If he's healthy, he should play to a certain extent. I think we're going to get some Jordan Love time this year. I don't think we need to rush to the Jordan Love time. I thought Jordan Love looked fine on Sunday. My takeaway on Sunday, Ebo, mm-hmm. how Ben still this bad against the run. It, it was oh my year 2013, yeah. Mr. Ebo and Mr. Rowdy. And I don't know if RJ's there, but I'll speak to everyone. I was at, 2013, they gave up. They gave up a million yards in that playoff game to Kaepernick. And I swear, as an organization on that day, they were like, we can't let it happen again. And ever since then, they've drafted first-round pick, first-round pick, and defense, defense, defense. Evo, they might be worse now against the run. They might be worse against the, He had 110, what was it, yards in the first quarter. I don't understand how they're still that bad. And we can, you know, do the Rodgers love thing. That's probably what the conversation is going to be as the season goes along. But what an absolute failure by that defense that was – it wasn't supposed to just be competent. It was supposed to be elite this year, and they can't even nip competence. It's just terrible. I'm at the point where I'm not even going to blame Joe Barry. Like, Joe Barry, <laughs> I can't blame him anymore because I, I just think he's just that bad. Like, you can't yell at a guy that you doesn't even understand what you're talking about for, like, doing something wrong. You can't wrong. read. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm over it. I point the finger at LaFleur. Make La a change. Tell him to change something. Lafunk. Do something. The bum. The flounder. He, he doesn't even think there's anything wrong. Just wait. I'll play some LaFleur comments after 8 o'clock. You'll, you'll love it, Rowdy. Yeah, Grant, I mean. <laughs> the way? What? Yes. I, I was talking to myself in the shower last night trying to prepare. Uh, oh, shou- know, the shower is where I get all my best ideas. Picture. Shower or driving. I, I know. Thoughts. I was thinking, what would I do? How would I fix the Packers this offseason? I'm tied to no players on this defense, you guys. I mean, sure, Quay Walker's a rookie. I, I think there is this this rot to the core of the Packers' defense and the culture and the way they practice, the way they play. I, I'm tied to no one on this defense. Seriously, if I can it's get terrible. picks for Kenny Clark, for Jair, for all these guys, no problem. Start fresh. I think they need to start fresh because that side of the ball is just it's tactic. They're terrible. Unfortunately, Grant, you might not be tied to any of those players, but the Packers are with the contracts they just de- dealt out the it's, last couple of years. It's just sickening to watch it all unfold. Grant, listen on a high note, uh, our Milwaukee Bucks. Give us a little, uh, a little uh, preview into the Bucks, or not preview, but into the Bucks of how they're doing this uh, young NBA season and how funny is it to see uh, the Lakers continue to lose. Um, I just wanted to throw that in there. Well, you know, I. A lot of my sports watching is just uh, spite watching other teams. Uh, like on this NFL season, up until a couple weeks ago, I, I wouldn't miss a Broncos game because it was so fun. Now it's just bad. I think I might actually feel bad for what's going on with the Broncos. So yeah, they're going after Russell I'm Wilson kinda, on the sidelines. His teammates just yelling. Yeah, the, the truth is now out on Russell Wilson. I, I feel like my job is done. I can kind of, you know, take the foot off the gas with the Russell Wilson, you know, truthism. A little bit, but I, I spite watch a lot of NBA teams. I've been spite watching the Timberwolves. They stink, and it's really is funny. Cat done for um, the year, by the way. No, it looks like he avoided injury, which is awesome because oh, I I don't want to see anyone get hurt. I I just want to continue to see why that trade was such a terrible idea and why the Wolves are in a serious team. Anyway, you asked me about the Bucks. Sunday night was great. They played Luca. I was in our studio in Lacrosse listening to the Bucks game while watching the Packers on the TV, mm. and dude, they just hit three after three. They hit seventeen threes night and the bucks up until this point of the year Evo, they're what i think the stat is called shooter adjusted shot making which is like it accounts for how good each shooter is when they take the shot the location so like the bucks were getting plenty of good looks they just weren't hitting them i think they were 29th uh early last week when i checked in, in shooter adjusted shot making so hopefully some of that luck begins to turn it certainly turned on sunday night and the defense that they played against the Cavs last week after being down was 
some of the best defense I've ever seen the team play. So this team is engaged. They're fun to watch. They're locked in. If they hit shots, they're certainly going to have a lot easier time winning. But I'm just, I'm so ready for Chris Middleton to come back, man. Yeah, it was close, right? He's, he's the one guy, you know, now, yeah? yeah, he's the one guy who get him the ball. Nothing's working. He can go. It's the Connor Siegen of the Bucks. No, nope. Connor saying Connor Siegen. Connor, that's Rowdy's. That's Rowdy's. That's Rowdy's. I can't. Yeah, that's Rowdy's. Please say it correctly. That ruined Thanksgiving, by the way. What happened to the Badgers again? Oh, they got robbed by the ruined players. Thanksgiving. Robbed. It did. Robbed. Yeah, but that's fine. What is it with this this generation? We got to stop jacking step back threes in a tie game at the buzzer. Take it to the cup. Hey, Take it to the, the rack. Cup. I hate Go to the what rack. this generation is doing to the game of basketball. Anyways. Well, you've been talking right. to yeah, the Dave. Great fun. This generation talk. You've been talking to Dave from Monona too much, I think, right? Yeah, I noticed uh, uh, on your, uh, your the King Kong versus Godzilla tweet that you had. Yeah. Uh, someone, someone had messaged in that whenever they hear Dave, they turn the channel on a, your show or my show. I'd say that's their loss. You know, their loss. I'd say grow a pair. It's, it's all entertainment. Just it's listen to a side that's not yours. It's okay. Yeah. Sorry we don't live in echo chambers. You do not Grant. have to agree with it. Yeah. Silence anyone's anyone's transmission. That's a, a life lesson that Debo taught me early on in this business. Thank you, Grant. We love you, buddy. Unless, unless they drop four letter bombs, and then it's time to go. Well, yeah, swear words are a different. Yeah, word, but uh, well, but, you know, sometimes we that's why we're called over the line here. We like to yeah. see what happens. Grant, if we you're like not you, living on the edge, you're, you're taking, taking up, up too, too much space. space well done. <laughs> Sorry, I cut you off. Well done, <laughs> Grant. I love you, Smooches, baby. We'll listen tonight four uh-huh. to six, as we do every night. Well. Love to all of you, fellas. Have a great day. Thanks for chat. Adios. There he is, our guy, Grant Bills, Wisco Sports Show. Follow him on Twitter, Wisco Grant. But speaking of pressers, Rowdy, you said something that made me chuckle and I agree with. Joe Barry. It's like, I'm not mad at Joe Barry. What did you say? I'm not mad at Joe Barry. I'm mad at the... Matt LaFleur over it, right? Well, it's kind of like when you're growing up and, you know, you, you play with a bunch of different uh, d- different kids in different sports, and you know that some kids are players and others aren't. But it's like the parent that uh, is getting pissed at their kid that just isn't good. Yeah. Like, they're not good at said sport that they're playing. Yeah. Everyone knows that, yeah. except for said parent. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, at some point, you just... You got to quit yelling at Joe Barry because he's just not good. It's like, yeah, you, he is what he is. A guy that went 0 16 with the Detroit Lions as a DC and then went <laughs> and was absolutely terrible, terrible with the Redskins. Yeah. Like, he's just bad. In fact, he was the second choice for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, people forget Some this. Some would argue he was the third. Like, Matt, Matt LaFleur wanted to hire Jim Leonard. Jim Leonard was the, 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 the guy in the wings for the Packers DC. Here's the thing Jim Leonard didn't want to do it, he stuck with the Badgers. And now we've seen what happens. Luke Fickle's now the head coach. And we'll see what happens with Jim Leonard. Now, would I love to usher in Jimmy Leonard for Packers DC? Now, that's something you don't want to wish on, even on your worst enemy, is once you become Packers DC, Wisconsinites want you fired immediately, even after the first possession of game one, week one. So, would it be an upgrade from Joe Barry? Yeah, I think anyone would. They give up 500 total yards of offense to the Eagles. Jalen Hurts had what almost like a lot. What did he have rushing at the, the first quarter? Uh, over 100 yards. He had over 100 yards. yards. You know, over 100 yards rushing the first quarter. I mean, they had nearly 370 yards rushing as a team, the Eagles did. And we were told all you know, preseason and in this, you know, week one, week two, we're going to be the best unit in the league. We're going to be, look at all these draft picks we got. Look how good we are. You suck. You stink. You're awful. Well, Matt LaFleur was asked, Rowdy, would he ever make an in season coaching change? I.e., Joe Barry. Here's Matt LaFraud. 
It's unfortunate that we're standing, uh, that I'm standing up here having to answer those questions because we didn't win a game and we didn't perform to the level that I fully think we're capable of performing at. So certainly it was disappointing, but we're going to make all the necessary corrections, try to put the best plan in place for us to go into Chicago. And, you know, we got to play better, bottom line. Uh, his thought, and here's another one about, you know, thought of making a change, i.e. Joe Barry and saying, Sir. we're not going to go down that road. So, um, Again, if I thought there was an issue there, then I then I would certainly we'd make the change. But we work as a staff and collectively we're we're all in this sucker together. And you know, it's never just one person. It starts with myself, and then it goes to our assistant coaches, and then our players. And we're all in this together. And it, it's not just one person. I absolutely hate this from Lafleur, and the reason why is you are the guy in charge. Yeah, you are the man. Uh, you continue to just basically let Joe Barry do whatever he wants. And again, Joe Barry's not very good. That's why the defense does not look very good. It's, well, Jair Alexander can't follow the best receiver around. You know, it's going to mess with our whole scheme. You know, we don't want to put more guys in the box because it's going to mess with our scheme. We don't want to try anything different, even though our defensive scheme has sucked all year. Well, we're going to stick with the plan. Well, the plan's not working. And here's here's the thing, and you kind of brought it up a little bit. Joe Barry wasn't Matt LaFleur's number one choice. Mm-mm. Matt LaFleur came in, and Mike Pettin was his defensive coordinator. Matt LaFleur's always been an offensive guy, so maybe he's a little hesitant to make like a, a real defensive move. Yeah. Maybe Because remember in the past where he goes, we kind of left special teams alone because I'm not a special teams guy. Yeah. I don't know anything about it. But in that comment, he just said it starts with me. Right? But like, or did I mishear it? How, how, how can you say, I don't know anything about special teams. We're just not going to do anything with it. We're not going to change anything. You're the head coach. Yeah. Even if you don't know something about special teams, you better bring someone in that does. Yeah. If you're trying to be the best team, both best well-rounded team, right? Yeah. Again, maybe he doesn't know the most about defense. He's an offensive guy. You know, he kept petting. Now he didn't get his first choice in Jim Leonard. I get it. But here's the thing. Your defense has been awful. You have a fall guy. The fall guy's name is Joe Barry. Get rid of him. Try to change something or at least tell him we need to switch up something with the the schemes or the coverages because whatever we're doing isn't working. You need to change something now or else we're not going to make the playoffs. This is your fall guy. Yeah. If you're not going to have him be your fall guy, you're the fall guy. You're the fall guy. I'm going to play it one more time. Take a listen again. We're not going to go down that road. So, um, again... (laughs) If I thought there was an issue there, then I then I would certainly we'd make the change. But we- you just gave up 500 yards of offense, 500. We so, work as a- I guess you can go down with the ship if you want to, Matt Lafleur. But is that really the guy that you were in the ship with from the beginning? And Joe Barry? No, no he was like your second, was third, the, different he DC was, and choices. He was the stowaway. He was the guy that snuck on the Titanic and tried to bang your wife. I changed the movie Titanic. And that's where it's like, like one of your French girls at, at, at what point are we just going to hold Matt LaFleur accountable? This is your team. You are the head of it. Are you, if you here. are going to have struggles in special teams or defense, even though you're an offensive guy, 
You have to bring people in that know what they're talking about or at least tell them to change something when it sucks. Here, I'm going to play the rest or of this. Else you can leave. <laughs> if you don't like it, you can leave. Work as a staff and collectively, we're, we're all in this sucker together. And, you know, it's never just one person. It starts with myself and then it goes to our assistant coaches and then our players. And we're all in this together. And it, it's not just one person. All right, the man on the floor says it starts with him. Let's think about this, Rowdy. Uh, so I'll, you can be the one that's fired first and Joe Barry can get his papers after you. You know what? This. How disappointing Wisconsin football. I'm talking Badgers and Packers this year. I'm in the firing mood. Mm, hell yeah. If they don't make the playoffs and we heard You're all year. Fired. Well, that, I, you know this, what? This, we couldn't this. change hey. our scheme. We couldn't do this. We this. couldn't do that. You're gone. But you stink. Matt LaFleur is the guy that says it's, it's him, right? Like I, it starts with me. Okay, well, if it starts with you, Matt, let's go through this season. Who's the guy that after every game for the first couple of weeks says, oh, we only got Aaron Jones six touches? Oh, A.J. Dillon only carried the ball four times? Oh, that's on me. I can't believe we didn't give it to Aaron Jones more. He's our best player. Okay, well, you weren't running the ball when that's one of your best, if not your best player, in Aaron Jones. Who's the guy that allowed Amari Rodgers to continue to go out there week in and week out and fumble the ball every time there was a punt or a kickoff? How did it take this long to have Keyshawn Nixon finally be uh, you know, your specialist who is really good at what he does? Who's the guy that continues to allow the defense to get just torched game in and game out and won't let Jair Alexander cover the number one wide receivers? Who's the? It's Matt LaFleur. He's a bum. Matt LaFleur is a fraud. Well, guess He so sucks. When he finally said something and him, or maybe it was him and Basaccia finally got together and say, okay, we need to go over this. And they got rid of Amari Rogers has special teams, especially punt and kick return, not gotten better. I mean, I saw what was didn't Keyshawn Nixon have like a 55 yard Keyshawn Nixon, not the guy that, uh, Versace was like, this is my guy in, yeah. he in brought him from the Raiders. Las Vegas. Yeah. This is my guy with the Raiders. And he's got multiple of those guys yeah. on his special well, teams. trying to Mari Rogers out there. I almost wonder, was Basaccia yeah. the one that wanted to make a change earlier? But Matt LaFleur was like, no, no, no. We got to give Amari Rogers a chance. He's our guy. He's, so too, he's too loyal. Or he's just an idiot. Could be both. Like... Special teams have been better. I will tell you this. I think if you make changes on defense, it won't be any worse. There's not a whole lot of room to go down, especially the run defense. It's if it starts with Matt LaFleur, look at all of the bull look at all of the bull crap that has gone on this season that and then is Matt LaFleur's fault. I just listed three. Keyshawn Nixon not you're getting buried by Amari Rogers. You have never running Aaron Jones or AJ Dillon, and you have uh, the defense of Joe Barry continuing getting just torched. Oh, and then they're fourth, Jair Alexander. Now, a lot of people have criticized Brian Gutekunst, and maybe that's rightfully so. I mean, a lot of people would have liked to see him sign free agents. Well, he was kind of he was kind of handcuffed due to kicking a lot of the contracts down the road because they wanted to keep the core of players that they already had. I think he did a pretty good job keeping a lot of the defensive players on that side of the football that shown that they're pretty solid the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. They've had injuries. Can't help. Can't, that's not predictable. You can't help that all of a sudden a lot of guys get hurt. Um, the draft I liked it on paper. 
I, I thought it was a pretty solid draft. I, it's still TBD. There has been some questionable drafts under Brian Gutekunst. It was but, terrible in the third round. But overall, you would say right now that roster, I don't care what you think about the free agent signings or lack thereof. I don't care if you liked or didn't like the draft. This roster was essentially pretty damn close to the same roster that has went 13 and 3 or 13 and 4 the last 2-3 seasons. Yep. And again, you can't do anything about injury, you can't do anything about this, but what you say on paper, this is still a 12-13 win team. On paper you would say so. Wouldn't you say the special teams coach is better than what they've There's, had in those yes. past? Yep. Matt LaFleur is still Matt LaFleur. Now, Aaron Rodgers is injured, but again, can't predict that. Nope. Matt LaFleur's riding up the coattails of two MVP seasons of Aaron Rodgers. The defensive coordinator, maybe slightly worse, but maybe we thought he was better last year. Who knows? All I'm saying is, even with the injuries and everything, does it really add up going from a 13-win team down to a four-win team? They're 4-8. and I, I can't even believe it. Even with the injuries and... The NFC isn't that good. It sucks. The the Vikings have two losses, and I think they're pretty fraudulent. I think there's like maybe three competitive teams in the NFC. Maybe you could say four. Maybe. No one else scares you if you could actually put some things together, but yet you're still losing and losing at a horrible clip to where you are you have the eighth pick if the season yeah, ended this, right now. The, you you're the in the pick. top ten. The That's pick. even worse than the year they fired McCarthy and got the twelfth pick. Yep. Matt LaFleur, I mean, this dude. And what about this? Remember in 2020, we were all, you know, pumped. This team could win a Super Bowl. They were actually more physical than what they were in 2019 where they got punked by the the 49ers. Yep. yep. And then you had the Aaron Rodgers criticizing Matt LaFleur for kicking the field goal versus going for it. They lose to Tom Brady. Yeah, there was the Kevin King. Mike Pettin ended up being the fall guy. Yeah, LaFleur's soft, though. Why do you kick a field goal there? But here's the thing. He did the same effing thing two years later against the Eagles in a regular season game where he kicked a field goal where you're still down two possessions. You mean on Sunday? Yeah, on Sunday. Yeah, Yeah, I know. He chose the. I'll never understand that. Literally two years later, like, he didn't quote-unquote learn. He's charming soft, dude. Matt LaFleur, he cries at halftime. All right. Sean Payton's out there. <laughs> I'm I'm LaFleur, LaFlounder, LaDud, hey, LaBum, hey, you can go. You can go with the decent, you can go with the solid pick, staying with the guy that's won 13 games for most of his career, but then fell off a cliff and didn't, didn't MVP, want Aaron to. Rogers. Yeah, didn't want to be the real leader and the head coach that has to tell everybody when they need to be told something. Kind of like, uh, I don't prior. know, kind of like the Badgers. You could add a decent a decent hire in Leonard, but you went with the great hire in Fickle. You, you could have the decent coach in LaFleur, or you could go get a great coach like Sean Payton. It shows you how much better and how great Aaron Rodgers is for propping Matt LaFleur up those past couple of years. I'm telling you. So there you go, Rowdy. I figured you'd like that, uh, that Matt LaFleur little clip there. You know how we were talking about head coaches. I think this was at Pooley's on Friday where PJ Fleck is a you rah rah type guy and yeah. you either buy into it or you think it's the cheesiest BS ever. Jim Harbaugh, he was kind of seen that way where maybe he won't he wasn't going to work out long time with the 49ers because his his shtick is kind of a 4 to 5 year thing and then players get tired or they whatever. Yeah. 
I look at some of those guys, and like I said with PJ Fleck, I could never play for him. I could never get up and be like, this guy's hey, smarmy. He 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 just feels like he's not real. Feels dirty. Jim Harbaugh, on the other hand, his antics I, that would actually get me up. I could play for him. I don't think I could play for Lafleur. He's not a leader of men. He cries at halftime. He just he he seems like he'd be really good as an offensive coordinator. He doesn't actually lead he the team like, as a head coach. He seems like it's the substitute teacher that wants to be cool with the kids, but not do the lesson plan that the normal teacher leaves. And then he rolls out like the TV. He's like, hey, you guys want to watch Friday Night Lights? <laughs> yeah. And now that He's being said about teacher. Matt LaFleur, I think the other issue with this team, because everyone says, oh, you're, you're, you're taking it easy on Rodgers. He sucked this year, blah, blah. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is a true leader either. So there's no leader on the offense. And then when LaFleur is supposed to be the head guy, there's no true leader of the team. Then I have a question. This comes from a listener. I think young Ben Kenny is an anti-ficklelite. No. He's already taking a turn towards Rowdy Town. No, definitely not. Are you an anti-ficklelite? No, I'm trying to... Sounds really derogatory, by the way. I'm trying to get people's expectations <laughs> realistic when it comes to recruiting. Like I, he is a slam. Dunk you don't think the recruiting buyer. will go have an uptick? Uh, they could have an uptick, but to expect, like the general thought many people have is, look at what Paul Chris could do from 2020 to 2022. Why can't Luke Fickle improve on that consistently? And, and like maybe he could. I would be floored if Luke Fickle starts bringing in top 15 classes. See, I have for the quarterbacks <laughs> in the recent memory, it was honk if you're Hornybrook. It uh, moan was for cone. moan for cone, squirt, for, squirt Mertz. for Mertz. I got a new one for Luke Fickle. It's tickle me fickle. Yeah, I like that. Cool. You ever Fickle I, tickled? No. I'm Feels in good. on Luke Fickle, but... We were talking about this earlier, Ben, and funny enough, we were in the Twitter DMs between Ebo, RJ, and myself, and RJ had brought up some of the tweets about people saying, well, you know, Luke Fickle's not all of a sudden going to go and grab four and five star guys consistently and blah, 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 blah. And I don't think anybody is expecting him or if they are, people they're clearly off-base. People in my mentions, a direct quote was, there is absolutely nothing stopping Wisconsin from rising to the talent level of Michigan and Penn State. And See, now, there's people thoughts. in my mentions that say all kinds of crazy things, too. We no, were, But there's a general thought amongst Badger fans, I think, that Fickle, because he has been able to raise recruiting ceilings, will have Wisconsin at the talent level of the blue buds in the sport. So it was funny because we were going back and forth about, you know, what we expect and, and recruiting actually being elevated. And I said, I said in the, the group chat, I go, my ceiling for Luke fickle would be hopefully a top 20 consistently a top 25 recruiting class, right around 25. That would be my ceiling. Then literally 54 seconds later, 54, on the dot. You, you tweeted out, he should be 25 to 30. And I found, I sent the tweet that you said, and I go, looks like Ben and I are about right on. Yeah, I agree. I, I think a normal expectation. You and Ben aren't that much different? Yes. Uh, the gap between a top 10 class and a top 25 class is as big as the gap between 25 and like 70. See, like my thing was, if you're going to bring in, we'll say 20 kids a year on average 
if you're bringing in 20 recruits a year, 12 of them are still going to be three stars. You're just hoping, you know, the other seven or eight can be four and fives. I feel like that's pretty realistic. It all kind of relies on what the talent in the state of Wisconsin looks like. When you go back to all of Wisconsin's best recruiting classes, they have directly lined up with when the state has the best players. Yeah. Right? So, I, to well, he's going to cast a wider net, and the lifeblood's still going to be Wisconsin recruits. He can cast a wide net, and he'll go for Chicago. He has ties, obviously, all over Ohio. But you're kind of fighting an uphill battle in that state, at least for the top players, because well, you say, Ohio I mean, State exists. What, him in the shadow of Ohio State, he still got to the college football playoff? Yes, he did get to the playoff. But, um, I, so, I mean, that, doesn't that kind of like make your argument a little less? I don't think that. I don't think there's going to be like a downtick in coaching on the field. If anything, there's going to be an uptick of coaching on the field from what we've seen the last three years. Well, there's going to be and, an uptick in development, no doubt. And yeah, there's, no, there's no way that there's a, a downtick in recruiting either. And this is a school that's already been, what, 30 to 60, depending on the given year. It's only going to go up from this hire. I don't see it getting any worse. There's no way it can get worse. But up to 25, which I would be thrilled with. Okay, what, what do you think Jim Leonard could have done then if he was coach of recruiting? Similar. Similar. I don't think he could have. I, maybe Luke Fickle does a better job, but in general, no matter who is the coach, and I would maybe make this argument for everybody in the country, save three or four guys, uh, Lincoln Riley, etc. Wisconsin, no matter who's that head coach, I don't think has the ability to bring in consistent top 15, top 10 classes. There's no way Jim Leonard could come in and do starting next season. What Luke fickle could come in and do recruiting wise, coaching wise, whatever. But Luke fickle is Jim Leonard, roughly 10 years older. Six. If, yeah. If you let Jim Leonard play out 10 years from now, he might be able to do a better job in the moment than Luke fickle is. That's who knows. Does he have a ceiling to be better? Potentially. But that's why Luke Fickle's the hire today. Yes. But doing better in recruiting to me means top 25 classes and maybe one or two years. Everything breaks right and you get up near 15 and that would be terrific. But I think to expect consistent top 15 classes is setting a a bar that's a little too high for him to reach. I think Wisconsin can play and beat the Ohio States and the Michigans and the Penn States, at least at a 50 50 clip or somewhat close, if they can consistently recruit at a number 25 ranked class. So you're going to be in those games. You're going to be in the mix. I have two messages for you, Ben. I disagree with 50 50, but they'll have a better chance at them, no doubt. Uh, one from J.A. Krebs. He says, Tell Ben Z. Kenny, that's a Twitter account. He's private, so I don't think you can see his tweets. Uh, it's, the, it's the chant that Wisconsin fans do in the football game. Eat, yeah. Each, fick you. Got it. Each, fick oh, like you. Fick you. Yeah, we should make that a thing. Yeah, Maybe that's a good shirt. Over the wave, and then oh, keep the wave. I love the wave. I'm anti-wave. So, and then there, one more, one more, more quick, ready. This is about recruiting. Uh, this, I don't know if he wants me to name a name, so I'll, I'll save it. Ben, please go back to your mom's basement. Anyone worth reading isn't suggesting Fickle is going to bring four to fives in for now. But he has out recruited UW at an AC or AAC school. He will have the big boy in state boys wanting to come here. His two beliefs strength and recruiting. I agree with 
some of it. I mean, he hasn't been. You're not going to go back to your mom's basement. He's objectively been below Wisconsin every year except for 2023. And that was because Paul Chris botched the recruiting staff. Do you guys think that Jim Leonard comes back and is on staff next season? No. Uh, Unlikely. I find it interesting that they're having a conversation and they're going to have another conversation. I think they're just playing nice to the media. Because I feel like if I'm Jim Leonard and this was me and I got and I really wanted the job and I got passed over, I probably won't want to be here next year. But I'm not Jim Leonard. Also, I don't think I would have a conversation with Luke Fickle if I got passed over for him. And that was what I thought was going to be my. I think job. they're just doing it for public relations. There's the you know play nice to the public. Yeah, but you don't have to. No, I know, but. Also, Jim Leonard, I'm sure the meeting they had sounded like it was from Fickle. It was a nice meeting, and you know, you, you, you'd want to pick his brain to like figure some things out. I understand that. If you can keep Jim Leonard on staff, that's a big if because it's two defensive guys, not an offense and a defensive guy. I think to Ben's point with recruiting, keeping the state locked down, if Jim Leonard is on staff, the ability to lock the state down is even easier. And I think actually allows Luke fickle to do more of the Pennsylvania, Ohio, Florida type recruiting because Jim Leonard's got the state on lock for the most part, I would think. Yeah. But most of the recruits the state has are offensive linemen. So that means your line will in theory be strong if you're coaching them well, but where, where do you find the four to five star athletes. Um, And if Fickle can do it, I will be very, very impressed. Like in a perfect world to me, you get both of these guys to both work on the defensive side of the football. Obviously Fickle's going to oversee everything. Jim Leonard stays on his DC and you have two great minds working on the defense, picking each other's brains, but then recruiting wise that allows fickle kind of like what I just said to go out into his territory, the Ohio's, the Pennsylvania's dipping into the Florida and a few of the other sec country States and allowing Jim Leonard to work in his connections of Wisconsin and maybe the tri-state that Wisconsin already has. And in theory, that should also help recruiting should help on the field. It makes you a better team, but some things that look great on paper don't actually make sense or go together in real life. This could be one of them. Sure. All right. Those phone lines blown up line one. Good morning. Who's this? He's going to coach the pros where he belongs. Good stuff. Charlie uh, line two. Who's this? Hey, this is bill. Hey bill. What's up dude? Hey, uh, you know, I, I'm just curious. I, I, I'm curious. What you guys think, do you think, because you guys have more knowledge than I do, but I know some kids down on campus, and they talk about Graham Mertz's attitude, how he's all that. Do you think Graham Mertz's dad says to him, hey, Graham, settle down. Uh, you know, the whole coaching staff got fired and let go because they put their eggs in your basket? Man, I mean, if you're, if you're Graham Mertz's dad, you're like, son, stay far away from me because I want to keep my job. Jim Leonard, no head C coach. Paul Chris, done. Jack Cohen, jettisoned uh, elsewhere. Like, this dude is uh, Wisconsin football as we know it has changed entirely because of Graham Mertz. I mean, when I watched him on that third down play, I don't remember how third and nine, and he slides with a half yard to go. If I'm Pepsi, Bill, if I'm Pepsi, I said I want my NIL money back. Well, or, 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 or somebody needs to say, dude, this is as far as you're, you've reached your pinnacle. Oh, Rowdy had a good suggestion this morning about Graham Mertz and Fickle coming in. Rowdy, you want to share it? Yeah, I mean, I, if I'm Luke Fickle, I'm not just telling the kid, yeah, you should leave. I'm bringing in my guys, even though he's got yep. the ability to bring in multiple. I'm saying, if you want to stay here, stay here. This was your school. 
but I'm the head coach now. You have a competition. You haven't had one competition basically since you got here. Jack Cohn beat you out, but there was not a great shot that you were going to beat Jack Cohn out. But then going forward from 2020 on, who pushed him? Nobody, Nobody. pushed him. I'm bringing in right. multiple quarterbacks. If you win the job, you win the job. If not, we can. We'll see you. I mean, I just, I just feel I. You know, I know Paul Chris is an adult, and he made the choice to put his eggs in Mertz's basket. But Graham Mertz should look at his career and not think he's some great quarterback. I mean, I don't. Unless he's got amnesia every morning he wakes up, then I don't know how you can, you know. And you know, I love Jim Leonard, and I would have been happy if Jim Leonard got the job. But I also I understand why he didn't. But what, you know, I've watched two of the last three games. I watched him play Iowa, and I watched them on on Saturday against terrible. Minnesota. Right, and 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 Nebraska was just as bad. Right. Yeah. Terrible. So, I mean, how do you how do you hire a guy after the last three games are like that? And it doesn't mean I don't love Jim Leonard. Yeah. Bill, Bill, Bill good stuff. And real quick before I let you go, how are you feeling about the Packers? I, I <laughs> hey, at least at least we didn't get embarrassed too bad, right? <laughs> well, I don't know, uh, Joe. Ba- one could argue five hundred yards of total offense for the Eagles and Joe Barry's idiocracy out there. I don't know, but yes, there was a there was a fighting chance though. Yeah, but didn't we know this last year when you hired him? I and mean, wasn't that all the talk is why you're hiring the guy? He's, he's yeah, never he's, done it anywhere. Yeah, I mean, Jim Leonard was the first choice. Look at Jimmy Leonard in his hands again. He was the first choice, but, you know, Joe Barry was the second or third option. So, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. I understand if Jim Leonard leaves. I hope, obviously, I hope he doesn't. I hope that we leave it in such a way that when Fickle goes back to Ohio State or Notre Dame or something like that, that we can bring Jim Leonard in. Yeah, I hope we can totally. do something like that. Bill, good stuff, brother. Much love. Take care, guys. Jimmy. Bye. So, Ben, I know you take offense to this when people, you know, about Jim Leonard and the offense that was for the you know the rest of the year when Paul Chris was left. It's not Jim Leonard's fault that the offense is so bad, is it? No, not even close. You could have put the, the you could have put the smartest coach in the world, and that team was not winning the Big Ten West. As uh, hindsight being what it is. They just, I, they just I mean, Jim Leonard was given the, you know, the short end of the stick here. Definitely. He yeah. got screwed. But if you're Macintosh, like I've said, would I have wanted Aranda over Leonard? No. Would I have wanted Leipold over Leonard? Definitely not. Pickle's I just the love only guy maybe that I would be very excited about over Leonard. So with fickle saying he wants the job, I guess Macintosh couldn't have really done anything else. I just love the mental gymnastics that are done online by some people (laughs) because how they come from one take to the other. I almost feel like they close their eyes and throw a dart at the dartboard. Oh yeah, dude. I don't even know. I can't, I can't follow their logic. I don't understand where they come from, but which of my tweets are you referencing? No, not <laughs> all of them. But I saw, I so I heard this. I heard and saw this funny take. All of them. It man. was look at the schedule. It's twenty twenty three. Luke Fickle's going to come in here. He'll grab some recruits. Blah 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 blah. Look how easy that schedule is. Well, they is. should easily go ten and two or eleven and one. And I'm sitting here going. And I would love to see him go ten and two or eleven and one in his first year. I don't care what the schedule looks like. Guess what? In twenty, what was that? Twenty seventeen. I didn't care if they had a soft 
cupcake schedule. They went no. 12 and 0. Yeah. And here's the other thing. Go back and look the last few years. There was a lot of games where you'd be like, man, this team should have went 9 and 3, 10 and 2 or 11 and 1. They didn't even get there. They underperformed. So I would take 10 and 2 and 11 and 1 with a soft schedule in year 1. Like what are we yeah. Why are we trying to say that it's all of a sudden he's not good even if he does do well? It's like what what? I'd kill for 10 and 2, 11 and 1. I haven't seen that take. Well, it's out there. I will note. There's a lot of, there's <laughs> a lot out of things there. out there. I, I will note the 2023 schedule will be the easiest they have in the future. Would you be upset if Luke the- Fickle came in in 2023 and went 10 and 2? What? Would no, you be, be upset be if Luke no. Fickle came in next year and they finished 10 and 2 in his first season? No. With, it would a, be a, with a roster that will probably be incomplete because of all of the movement. But here's the thing. The 2023 schedule is the easiest it will ever be for Wisconsin. I know, but there are people complaining and saying that we're going to think he's all that because they go 10 and two and it's a soft schedule. What? Give me it. Okay. They went 10 and two. That's better than anything they've done in the last. I don't, you have to go back and look. When's the last time they won 10 games four or five years ago? Uh, 20. Was it 2019, 2018, 2019? And the expectations should have been 9, 10, 11 wins pretty much the entire time Paul Christ was here. It was COVID and Graham Mertz is what ruined the Wisconsin Badgers. And and Paul Christ not being able to fire people or bring in. Or having no recruiting department. Yep. Was it down to one person? Not not many people. (laughs) And that's why I'm all right with Fickle coming in and grabbing his own guys. Now, if Jim Leonard doesn't want to be here, I understand. I get it. I'd be butthurt, too. I wouldn't want to work here if it was me. But I also probably wouldn't even take a meeting with the guy. (laughs) So let's be honest. Go fick yourself, dude. Like, do you really think many of this staff is actually going to be brought back? No. Because I kind of want to see. Who's the first one to be fired? I kind of want to see a lot of turnover for. They're all posted, aren't they? Yes, but that doesn't mean that some of the guys no, on no, staff yeah, couldn't get them. But I, I hope there's a lot of turnover. This current staff so, wasn't that great, or else you would have won a lot of games. So strength and conditioning isn't uh, Luke Fickle bringing over his his guy that got the nine players in the NFL. Yeah, and his top what two or three recruiting guys. Well, I was re- I was reading about it. it's like this like this is a huge get Fickle bringing a strength and conditioning coach over because he helped these you know nine guys in his program get to the NFL. But seriously, on this staff outside of Jim Leonard, do you think there's more than maybe two or three guys that you really want to keep around? Uh, maybe. Oh, well, Bobby April. What about Bolstad? I don't think he'll stay. Well, he, he was given a raw deal. Bobby April is the one name that I've heard other than Jim Leonard. Other than that, Luke Fickle. It's your time to shine. It's your job. It's a new era. This is it. This is this and is brand the new. only reason why those other two guys are seen as favorable where you'd want to keep them around is probably because they're actually good at what they do. And most colleges would want to keep a Bobby April and a Jim Leonard around, whether it was Alabama or Michigan or whoever, because they're just that good. The other guys. You're just another guy. Just another guy in the way, Rowdy? If they bring back more than a couple, I'll be upset. I'll say we didn't get creative enough. We should have went out and got someone else to bring in new blood. He's obvious. He's obviously bringing in a staff. There's well, no yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. There's no way he would take the job without doing that. Yeah, I was just being, making a point. Facetious. If, if he didn't, I would be upset. Yeah. Rowdy upset? Never. We haven't even talked Brewers in like a month. Well, they, who cares? I'm still salty about the entire season. That was six months. 
Ben's a gatekeeper of Wisconsin takes. When you hear us talking Wisconsin and online, do you get cringe a lot? What do you mean? When do you talk Wisconsin online? No, I'm just like now in, in, on the radio. I don't cringe. No, oh, okay. I enjoy the conversation. Well, I enjoy you part of the conversation. You know that? There are some things I adamantly disagree with. Well, yeah, obviously. That's sport. I'm not going to lie. I see some people talk about the Brewers. I cringe hard. Not, well, I, not I cringe any of I, I you want, necessarily. I cringe just thinking keeper. about the Brewers. Well, I will say there's another station out there in the ether. Just name the, them. Name it. That is currently. Uh, name sources it. Tell me they're having a discussion about if Luke Vickle can make the 14 playoff next year. So Jesus. Well, they sound like they're. There are some conversations out there regarding the Badgers and this hire that just make my brain hurt. When yeah. we just dumbed down college football only to can they make the playoff? Can they win the national title? Because it's not the NFL. There's subtle nuances in all of it, Benjamin. It's not the NFL. It, there's so much more that goes into yeah, it. Yeah, someone's got to win the Duke's mail ball. How does it make you feel that um, you and I are both on the same level with like a ceiling of a 25th ranked class? We're totally cool with nine and three, ten and two, eleven and one in year one with a maybe Does not a solid rounded out roster. You're starting to be no, on my level take. with some things. I don't, would, hey, you, I don't know if you can get on board with that. But. Ben and Rowdy have a lot of very similar takes. It's a good take. My uh, yeah, I guess Grand Slam higher. I, I'm all in, but let's uh, let's not go overboard to start. Jordan Love. 37, here he is throwing in the middle, it's caught by Watson, he's got great speed, turning the corner, Christian Watson down the sideline, and he will score! Whoa! Hang on! Love to Watson! To a one-score game! I take a lot of pride in my speed, I think that's a big part of my game, um, so you know, anytime I can create a little bit of separation, uh, and you know, just get that edge, um, obviously there's an opportunity for big plays. There he is, licking his lips too, Jordan Love, as he hit Watson for that tutty. This guy's licking his lips for Packers content. Our guy, Mike Clemens. Good morning, Mike. How are you? I am, uh, I feel like I'm like lost in the ether, Mike. I don't know what to talk about when it comes to our respected uh, teams here in Wisconsin. Pretty yeah. pr- pretty quiet on the the Badgers front and the Packers front, you know? Slow news day. Yeah, very slow. It's like the dog days of summer. Very slow. I was excited about uh, the hire out of Cincinnati because all the starting with Sauce Gardner, Josiah DeGuara, you know, Eric Wilson, a backup uh, linebacker. There's a lot of NFL players the last four or five years that have come out of Cincinnati under Luke, and I I just, I think this is a good move. I think it's a good move. And I think if Jimmy Leonard wants to stay as a defensive coordinator there, do you know know why he turned down LaFleur two years ago? I mean, well, you guys know this. Zach probably knows this. Because everything that we heard was, they, he made a strong case like, we are so happy. My wife loves our home in the Madison area. I think it's Sun Prairie. The kids are where the school is. They, did, they didn't want to change. And so maybe maybe they'll stay. Who knows, right? Maybe, but with how Joe, I wouldn't mind to see Jimmy Leonard now back uh, interviewing for the Packers' D.C. job and getting it. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind it. I don't, I, you know, he turned down LaFleur, and I thought LaFleur kind of looked a little weak in that. Little weak sauce publicly. Like, really? I mean, you're turning down the Green Bay Packers? You know, and it was Jimmy that kind of let that out there. I don't I don't think he's going to Green Bay. I'll be honest, Mike. I feel like Matt LaFleur looks pretty weak in a lot of all of the areas outside of scheme and coming up with plays and being an offensive coordinator. I would agree with you. I have, I, right now, it's, now listen, I'm telling you this up front. I think all these guys are, 
tremendous at what they do. The coaches, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers could not have been have been more uh, helpful to us as reporters this year. Um, just more open. You know, it's it, it it's amazing how frustrating that they're at four and eight. They've had injuries. But I said this to Bill after the loss of the Titans. I said, the number one thing, let's stop talking about inexperienced receivers or problems on the defense or special teams. The quarterback, it's the quarter. He's out there playing with a bad thumb. Now, later that afternoon, the story gets released, you know, that he tells this Makowitz kid that it's broken, and he finally has to admit it. He's been playing with a broken thumb. We figured it had to be somewhat bad. But, you know, you're paying all that money to get Superman, and he's he's not playing at that level. And that's what you need, minus Devontae Adams and a few other things to get over the hump and win some of these games. And when you're, when you're missing Sammy Watkins or Alan Lazard wide open against the Titans, and, it, you know, it just goes up back and forth like, well, he did pretty good against the Cowboys. He's even defensive about that himself. Aaron wouldn't even say directly, would not say the words directly, um, yes, I broke my thumb. Because after four or five questions, when he actually was asked that directly from Cassidy from the Journal Sun, he goes, have you not been listening to what we've been talking about? So he doesn't even want to say it. I, I think he's, it's kind of a denial. Yeah, just... He doesn't actually want to say those words. Uh, that, But whatever, you know, he's, a, uh, he's an incredible athlete. He's an incredible competitor. And whatever little things he needs to do, that's all fine. But the bottom line about the Packers right now is here's, here's really the top of the picture is this. That whole place has got two years. Mark Murphy has done in two years. Mm. He's got his GM in place. He's got his head coach in place. He's got his quarterback. And he wants to get him get a Super Bowl before he leaves. So all this crap about, oh, they don't really care if they just get to the playoffs is nonsense. Because when he's gone – it's going to be as much of a clean sweep as you just saw in Madison over the weekend. Mm. So they better get a damn trophy. Yes, Mike. And uh, uh, the quarterback of the future, Jordan Love, how'd he look uh, for you? He's on, on out. He, had, he had 10 snaps and he produced a touchdown and got Mason Crosby into range for a field goal. And we talked to him after the game about, you know, waiting three years for that moment where he could come in after Aaron had to leave and see if he could pull out a game. You know, I can hang my hat on that. That's the moment I've been preparing for. Like I said, this whole season, you never know when it will come. But, uh, yeah, you know, especially in a game like this, like I said, my mindset was let's go win. You know, let's go make a comeback and go win. Don't let it be like oh, the backup saying the game's over, you know. Um, let's go try and win it. I mean, you were slinging it, Mike. I mean, some of it was kind of soft defense, but you still had to make the throws. And, my God, Christian Watson with the burners, too. But Jordan Love, I thought, for the first time, he looked good. Decisive and not trying to run with the football, trying to – trying to win the game with his arm. By the way, you know the two picks that Aaron had in the first half? The the one one that bounced around, I think it was Josiah Scott that picked it. And then the second one was that undrafted kid, which would, became the first undrafted player to ever intercept Aaron Rodgers, that Eric Blankenship. Yeah. He's back there playing safety after their, you know, uh, uh, their number one safety went down. Um so is Rodgers thrown back, and he's hit, hits 84. You know, Tyler Davis, the big uh, uh, tight end, a former quarterback. He's just an average tight end. And so after the game, Rodgers was asked, what happened to those two plays? Well, the one got tipped. He said, the second one, eh, you know, miscommunication. He could have. 
he could have thrown that tight end under the bus. Kurt Benkert, remember him? Oh, yeah. Backup. He just got released from the practice squad of the 49ers like a week or two ago. He Did you see his tweet? He tweeted out, a tight end ran the wrong route. I did, I did see that. I saw him backing up Aaron Rodgers and a couple other tweets, too. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that that's that speaks well of, you know, the future Hall of Famer. Yeah. That, you know, even guys that no longer work there anymore, it's like, hey, you know, this guy's covering for people. He's covering for people. In the meantime, well, Florida's asked, so, how'd you think uh, Jordan Love? Were you surprised on uh, how he looked out there? I'm not shocked, to be honest with you, that he went out there and, and played well and showed great poise. Uh, that We see it on a daily basis, you know, in practice. And I know, um, you know, people might not necessarily agree with that, but I see it every day. And um, I think he's a guy that has continued to get better and better each and every day in practice and um, gives just does a great job against our defense, giving them, giving them fits and giving them really tough looks. Man, that Packers defense, no wonder, uh, you know, Jordan Love gets good in practice, that Matt LaFleur sees, because that Packers defense is Swiss cheese. Huge disappointment. And <laughs> wow. even though the Eagles are one of the strongest teams in the NFC, they struggled the last couple of weeks. They lost their starting tight end in the Commanders game, the one that they lost. But, you know, I watched that game in Indianapolis against the Colts with Jeff Saturday there coaching, and you got Matt Ryan just making some short precision throws uh, and using Jonathan Taylor out of the back, back uh, uh, the backfield. And then, you know, the Colts' defense, they, they kept the plays in front of them. If the Eagles sent out four receivers, they were in man. Everybody was accounted for, but they always had at least one or two guys on the corners. And Jalen Hurts did not have the guts to try and come out with a football until late in the game when things were really spread out and open up. And the only thing that the Eagles had going late in the game, otherwise they would have lost, was Jalen Hurts on a couple of quarterback sneaks on fourth and one and a couple of long runs. And I thought, well, there you go. There's your blueprint on how to beat these guys. Yeah. And the Packers have 10 days rest. Now, I know that Joe Barry doesn't have Rashawn Gary anymore or his fastest corner in Eric Stokes. You know, everybody's got injuries. And he's out there with two rookies. You know, Devondre Campbell's still out with a, a bruised knee injury. Um, so you've you got a rookie like Quay Walker and, and uh, Enigbare playing outside linebackers, doing a nice job. Uh, but, yeah, you know, you're a little short. But still, you, you had plenty of time to scheme this up. And what do they do? I mean, the, the Eagles have been winning games 20-17, to 23-17. to 17. Um, They put 30 up on the Steelers. They put up 40 points and have 500 yards offense, and they just scorch you. And it's like you didn't even watch the tape. And Matt LaFleur was asked after the game, uh, are you going to fire Joe Barry's defensive coordinator at the end of the year? Well, I think you you always are going to try to do what's best for your team, and um, but you know it's unfortunate that we're standing uh, that I'm standing up here having to answer those questions because we didn't win a game and we didn't perform to the level that I fully think we're capable of performing at. So um, certainly it was it was uh, disappointing, um, but you know. We're going we're gonna to make all the necessary corrections, try to put the best plan in place for us to go into Chicago. And, um, you know, we got to play better, bottom line. 
I mean, how many times does he have to say that? Like all the stuff that they had preseason coming in the season, it'd be the you know the top five, maybe the best defense, and then you just gave up 500 total yards of offense, Mike, off of a mini buy. Uh, Lafleur is is saying it's me too. You know, I got to know more about special teams. I've got to grow more as a coach watching defensive game plans. Um, you know, maybe I need to be a better coach and know all three phases. You know, there's there's a handful of these McVeigh Shanahan guys that are out there now as head coaches, and you know they're these they're these offensive whizzes. You know, they can beat anybody at Madden, right? <laughs> they can beat any but offensive plays. But you get this head coaching job, and you find out all this other administrative stuff you got to watch. And do you really know the other phases of football, like a Belichick? You know, and you need you need to study and grow into those roles if you're going to get to the next level and get yourself to a Super Bowl. But in the meantime, you know, in the city of Philadelphia that kind of invented the running quarterback going back 30 years to Randall Cunningham, a guy that we've had a chance to interview a couple times on Bill's show, you know, later Michael Vick had his stop there after his time with the Falcons, you know, or even Donovan McNabb under Andy Reid, Jalen Hurts goes for 158 Mm. on you in prime time, sets a new single-game record for scrambling quarterbacks uh, for the that franchise. The Eagles has had all those scrambling quarterbacks. And they put up 363 on the ground, the most yards on the ground since 1948 for the Eagles, who have been around forever. And Jalen talked about uh, that big night that he had. You know, I have a great deal of respect for those guys, the guys that have come before me. Um, Randall, uh, Mike, McNabb, and just, just the way they played the game, I always talk about how I admire the way they played the game, and you know, to be thrusted into that category and different things, it's um, it's a blessing. You know, it's a, it's a blessing, and it's a lot of hard work going into it. I have a ton of respect for them and their support. They don't even know how they've affected me, impacted me in my time here, and you know, it's a, it's an understatement to say how much I appreciate them because I do, and um, they, they've, they've guided me in, in more ways than they don't even know. You know, so. I appreciate them, and, you know, I appreciate this team. I mean, the dude was balling, Mike, no doubt about it. And Joe Barry and the Packers defense had no answer. Yeah, and Nick Sirianni, the head coach, an offensive coach that had come from the Colts, he was asked, so was that your game plan? Did you see something on tape where Jalen Hurts could just run all night on the Packers defense? No, I mean, we didn't, you know, we obviously got a game plan going in to see what we were going to do, and that's why you plan all week. That's why you go through it. Those those plays that he makes off schedule, I mean, those are those are bonuses, right? And so you still have your plan that you want to get to and and that you want to do, and so you know it just it just kind of happened that that he had some big yards off schedule, and that's what Jalen does. That's where he's special, uh, really special, is he can make that those plays with his feet. You know, and to be in a city like this with the quarterback history that this city has, um, you know. It's in that he set a record for most yards by a quarterback rushing. Um, it's pretty special. I mean, there's some that's some unbelievable names um, that he's that he's following there. Mike, it Mike, it honestly sounds like a guy that's got a lot of excuses that just doesn't want to make an adjustments when his game plan isn't up to snuff. For Joe Barry, yes, yeah. Well, the other thing too is Rowdy is this, you know, and I was, I was talking to Bill about this yesterday. When you sit through these press conferences with Joe Barry, first of all, the players, when he first came on, oh, Joe B, man, Coach Joe B. They never said, you know, fun, warm, fuzzy stuff like that about <laughs> Mike Pettin. 
But now a year and a half into this and the start of the season, you could see there was some friction like Jair Alexander's like, this is a dumb game plan against the Vikings, man. Mm-hmm. And it just continued to linger. And now it, to me, it almost looked like, like Jair Alexander's freelancing in that game against the Eagles the other night. And Joe Barry, all he does is he talks about how great the competition is or he talks about how great the players are. He never, ever says anything in front of the media that might motivate a player. One of his, I asked him about Jonathan Garvin, and he just said, well, you know, he's one of our rotational players. I feel like if your players are starting to go off script, Mike, you've lost the team, you've lost that defensive side of the football, it's time for you to get lost as well. Well, you know, and if they're not buying into your scheme or your, your game plan, on top of that, you've got to start telling the truth. Yeah. Yeah. You you know I mean sometimes uh, you know your teammate needs a kick in the butt and and you know you've got to pick and choose when you do that now you take on the Chicago Bears Bears are three and nine Packers are now four and eight but it's the rivalry it's Soldier Field it's noon Bears are out there against the Jets the other day and they were they, they actually had a lead that MetLife Stadium man where the Jets are uh, there's a bunch of 49ers that came out of a game two years ago with knee injuries, just like the Packers had at Ford Field a couple weeks ago where they lost three players in one day. Uh, the Bears were watching their guys drop like flies. Like that kid out of uh, Ohio State, Garrett Wilson, he's like jogging in for a touchdown because Eddie Jackson, the safety, he's down with a foot injury, holding his foot on the turf. Darnell Mooney, he injures his ankle. And then Eberflew says yesterday, yeah, surgery, our best wide receiver, Mooney, done for the year. And Eberflew's talked about all the little things that happened before a game like the Jets game the other day. There's a lot of guys doing a lot of things. You know, Dante Pettis was throwing up before the game and, you know, was potentially not going to be able to make it out there. So, uh, you know, he was, wasn't feeling great, so we got us some medication there, and he ended up, I said, hey, can you go out there and fair catch punts? And he goes, he goes yeah, I can do that. And, and so he goes out to warm-ups, and then all of a sudden he's, uh, he's ready to go. Had a 12-yard return, played good, had that one big catch in the middle of the field, and ended up toughing it out, you know. And there's a lot of guys like that, you know, um, a lot of different guys that were in that in that boat that were, you know, toughing through some things. When you have this late bye, the guys are toughing it out. Again, we had a string of injuries yesterday that was unfortunate, but, um, you know, the guys are really doing a good job of sticking together. Uh, the morale is high in the room. Um, and the guys are got their eyes forward, looking to play the Packers this week. Hey, Mike, we got to squeeze one more break in here. So uh, I know there's one clip left, but I, I don't know if we can make the time for it. But we want to thank you, Mike, for your time and just absolutely crushing with all the content. You got Bears week though coming up. One last thought on it, Mike? Yeah, it's just this: the Bears were up ten to seven, they had to get blown out by the Jets, thirty-one to ten. And I thought their tight end Cole Komet put it the best this way. Still, we got our ass kicked, honestly. <laughs> um, yeah, down some numbers, but. Yeah, just just got her ass kicked up front, honestly. I think that's just kind of what it was. And 